in about two or three months ago, we just got really excited about the companies that we were going to be able to work with. We found some really awesome companies. And in the last two months, we're about halfway through the program now, they're really starting to shine. And you know, companies are going live, they're starting to hit their traction, um, we're tracking their key metrics, and you know, come September when they have a demo day, I think they're really going to blow some people away. These are the last days of Prohibition. And this show seeks to feature the stories of the founders, the investors, the marketers that are bridging the gap. The day of getting a little dime bag from your guy on the corner is done. It's not happening. What's up, everybody? I'm Brandon David. Welcome to Investing in Cannabis. The time has come. We are going to debut these gateway incubator companies. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. I saw this big opportunity in payments in, in this space. You know, could I take something from Bitcoin and, and put it into, into cannabis? Could I take you know, this permissionless payment system and put it in? The problem is it was, it was hard to, to onboard people, to get people to be able to access Bitcoin to use it. Um, but I, I quickly realized that if you, if you obscure that away on the back end and you don't necessarily know that you're using Bitcoin, you, it may become a little bit simpler for the user and ultimately could become the same thing that you're used to with PayPal or Stripe or Square, any of these companies where it's just kind of plug and play for your payments, Venmo, that kind of thing. One of the biggest issues in the cannabis space, just you can't pay with credit card. Right. Which is incredibly frustrating to someone that likes to order on-demand products to their door through an app, or mm -hmm. web-based at least, and then I have to go there and they're like, where's your cash? And it's yeah. like, well, I don't carry cash. Well, so. in, in the re typical retail, 90% of transactions are through cards or debit cards. Yeah. Basically, the, the largest credit card processors, Visa, MasterCard, Amex, uh, they're not necessarily open to, uh, to cannabis because on a federal level, cannabis is still illegal. So the, the largest payment processors, the largest acquiring banks, uh, they're not going to necessarily process cannabis payments until uh, there's a federal legalization. And this is really the, the major problem. This is why you can't accept credit cards in the dispensary. Uh, there's, there's workarounds in different ways that people have tried to get around it, but for the most part, the industry is uh, forced into using cash. We, we saw this opportunity to, uh, to tackle the payments problem. When we entered into Gateway, uh, we initially came in as, as a B2C platform with, with, our, with our proprietary payment system. And uh, a couple meetings in, we started discussing, well, maybe we should open this up to everyone because every startup in here, for the most part, wants to access this. And I know uh, for a fact that all, most of the other startups in the industry that are doing uh, consumer plays or interacting with customers, they want to use credit cards. And it's a huge problem that you, you can't charge with a credit or a debit card online. And um, how is he doing this? So Marshall is a cryptocurrency expert. He's, he was foundational in a few different, the formation of a few different cryptocurrency companies in the past. Mm -hmm. um, he's also run a cannabis delivery service, so he's got expertise on both sides. And without getting into his secret sauce too much, because he's, you know, it, it is secret to some extent. Mm -hmm. um, he has built a, an anti-money laundering compliant credit card processing system for cannabis. Yep. Uh, cryptocurrency is part of the back end of it, but it's a little bit more complex than that. 
And, the anti-laundering uh, piece there is very important. Yeah, we had our lawyers, yeah. uh, Morgan Lewis. We can shout out to Morgan Lewis, uh, the largest right. law firm in the U.S. Yeah. We sent Marshall over to Morgan Lewis and said, is this guy for real? Like, is this actually going to be compliant? Um, and their, their AML group came back and said, this guy understands money laundering laws better than anyone <laughs> that we, like, we're, we can't believe how smart he is about the compliance and the legal stuff. And uh, they, loved, they loved his product and are excited about it. And so that was a good signal for us as well. Yeah. Which was, okay, wow. That's this incredible validation That's for really you guys, cool. right? They're like, yeah. you're like, identified this guy, and then the yeah. experts told you, wow, like this guy, you're right, this guy's got it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the interesting thing about blockchain, about uh, digital currency, uh, money on the internet, is that it essentially is, is a permissionless ledger. So you don't really need to have any sort of permission to access this banking system. With the traditional banking system, you need to identify who you are. Uh, you know, you need to identify your uh, social security number and different things that are uh, that meet uh, compliance with FinCEN and other regulatory agencies in the government. The interesting thing about digital currency is that the, it's completely permissionless. That you don't need any sort of credentials to access the system. So in this way, it it makes it easier for people to transact. Unfortunately, uh, digital currency hasn't seen many use cases for for actually transacting. Most of it's been speculative and experimental. Cannabis could potentially be the first really major potential use case for a digital currency. Yeah. And so he right now, he literally has people bothering him every day saying, when is it gonna be ready? Mm. Um, but he's still coding. Um, yeah. He's got a small team, he's still putting it together. Yep. Um, and it's the kind of thing where, uh, in, the, in a traditional kind of lean software model, you kind of throw a piece of crap out to the world that's got some functionality and iterate on that. You can't do that with financial transaction software, right? It can't be like, oh yeah, it's kind of buggy, so once in a while your balance gets lost or whatever. Right, that's right. not a, yeah. that doesn't work. And There's you've no actually seen error. some people no in error, the space yeah. doing that, and it's, mm. it's just not the right approach when it comes to right. this. So mm. he's making sure that it may not have all the bells and whistles he eventually wants, but he wants to make sure the core functionality is very trustworthy and stable and, and reliable. Uh, so I think we'll see, I think he's probably two, three weeks out from being able to release that to a few closed group of people and let them start using it. I mean, this is what everyone, everyone's been waiting for. Everybody. I mean, yeah. everybody. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, we don't worry about his metric at all. He's going to have, once it's released, it's going to be yeah. obvious. It's like, obvious. can we like, try to break this in every way possible and it doesn't fail? Or, or potentially not take on bad actors as early customers, right? I mean, he's going to get so, sure. so much attention sure. and interest, I think. That's right? actually a really good point, yeah. 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 So I, I think, you know, focusing on, you know, people that are operating compliantly and, like, yeah. you know, have real bank accounts and are doing things the right way. And, and if you focus on those type of customers, he can build his reputation and make sure that everything's operating properly. This is incredibly exciting because now... For the first time as a consumer, I can use my credit card either in the store or online, yep. and that money will go directly to that company, right? I mean, that, that's the value of cryptocurrency yeah. and the blockchain is there is no centralized bank necessary, yeah. right? Right, this is yeah. just a widget that if you had an online dispensary or, or you could put into your actual point of sale system at your dispensary, it's just a widget that you plug in that lets you take credit cards and get money. Yeah. And um, it'll, it'll allow these delivery companies to truly act like the Uber of wheat, right? Like yeah. you, 
you go online, you make your order, someone comes by and drops it off. Yeah. There's no more of this like, oh, here's your cash and here's your, pro you know. Yeah, I think for anybody outside of the industry, this seems so basic. Yeah. Right? It seems like one of these things like, how does that not exist? Yeah. But anybody that's in the industry or has just bought weed before, like, it's an incredible pain point. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, yeah, there are people who try, like, yeah. there are people who, like lie to credit card processing agents and mm. do that kind of they stuff. They say they're and, a masseuse or whatever, <laughs> right? And, like, right? and yeah. that happens and then you get shut down yeah. and you can get in trouble. And so the, you will see sporadically, because I know I've had people say, well, I paid for a credit, with a credit card once. Yeah, you may have once or twice, yeah. but there's a reason yeah. it's not deployed because those people are you know, and, shut down or in jail. And the biggest, best dispensaries obviously are not doing it. Right, right. because they don't want to get in trouble. They don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. So I met Ben and Carter at the Weed Club pitch night, and that was the first time uh, meeting them. And we really hit it off when we first talked. Uh, I, I thought, you know, these guys are interesting, that they're onto something, and it was an interesting event. And then flash forward uh, a couple months, I, I saw uh, an article in TechCrunch talking about, uh, you know, these two guys are starting a uh, cannabis tech incubator. And I thought, well, I know those guys. Um, that sounds really interesting. Uh, we had been pitching for a while and had really, we didn't realize when we started Trees how difficult it was going to be uh, to raise venture capital. We thought, okay, this is, we've got this great idea, we're profitable. Uh, most startups are, are not even profitable in the early stage. Um, so this is gonna be a no-brainer. Well, actually, it's not that easy. Uh, most, of the, most of the venture capital firms are not touching it. It's, it's, actually written in their charter that they won't touch anything that's federally illegal or they don't touch cannabis. So even though we got a lot of investor interest and I was spending lots of time running around talking to all kinds of people telling them about my business and about the cannabis industry, we found that most of these people are doing research. And the people that we actually got to invest were family and friends. And then we started looking into other businesses and asking them, have you raised, how, how much have you raised? And we found the same thing. They raised from family and friends. They couldn't actually close any venture capital firms. No real checks. We've you know, heard stories about other startups creating venture capital firms just to invest in their own startups. Um, and we realized, wow, it's really the wild, wild west of uh, cannabis startups. And we thought, okay, well, I, I, we could apply to Y Combinator. We could apply to Launch. We could apply to all these other prestigious incubators. And you know, it's very potential chance we could get in. Um, as I had some other friends in cannabis startups get into YC and other companies. But then I thought, what's the point of that when at demo day you have a thousand investors who are there for VR, they're there for, um, you know, uh, buy, for everything under the sun, uh, you know, Bitcoin, VR, <laughs> I, I don't know, like a million different things, sales software, uh, everything, healthcare. Um, they're not necessarily there for cannabis. And cannabis is like this weird, elephant in the room. It's interesting. It makes the it makes the event exciting at the pitch at the pitch day, but they're not necessarily ready to pull the trigger. And that's what we found when we tried to raise money. And so we realized if we really want to build a successful company and ra and raise money, and that's really integral to any startup is to have startup capital to be able to go to the next level. Otherwise you're at this bootstrapping phase, which few startups can really make it through. There are some 
but few. We, we realized we, we're going to need something, and we're going to need to learn how to perfect our pitch and reach the right investors. What do you expect from these companies? And I know we're planning a demo day here where they're going to sort of present to the world, but what do you hope they achieve in, in that time period? Sure. I mean, it, you, each company is going to be a little bit different, right? They all have different starting points. They all have different teams. Um, but what we want out of all of them as a whole is like seven investable companies, mm. you know, the seven best investment opportunities in the cannabis space, period. Because these companies will need angel level investment and seed level investment upon graduation, yep. most of them. Yep. But a year from now, two years from now, they're going to need Series A, Series B, and we want to really prep the mainstream venture community for investing in cannabis. You, you won't be able to find these mentors at, at any other incubator. You won't be able to find the uh, potential investors at any other incubator. There, there really is nothing else like it. And so it's just such a custom tailored experience that for us, it just seemed like there was really no other option. It, this is the most perfect option for us. And uh, it, it's, it just, it was, we, we thought this is it. We should, we should apply, we should check it out. Gateway would like us to achieve traction and you know, we, we find our market fit and we, we, we basically figure uh, something out for the industry that, that can help uh, the, ecos the, the ecosystem evolve, that everyone else around us can evolve. It's, it's something that kind of raises the bar for the industry, helps other people, and hopefully ultimately adds to the alumni network at Gateway uh, for other future cohorts come in, we can help them. Investing in cannabis is 100% independent media. That means there's no parent company. We don't have anybody telling us what to do. But in order to maintain that, I, I need you. So there's this great startup called Patreon in San Francisco, uh, and they allowed you to donate a little bit of money every month, five, 10, 20 bucks, uh, to help support the creators, us, Investing in Cannabis, of this great content that you love to watch. Even if you, you aren't in a position to come out to the world or you've got a conservative job, uh, if, if you're smoking cannabis, if you're enjoying it, uh, just you know, donate a little bit of money to us anonymously. And it's just your little way to stay connected to the industry, even if you can't shout it from the rooftops. Yeah. Uh, you know, just give five, ten bucks a month. I mean, you're, you're buying that weed anyways. Head over to patreon.com slash investing in cannabis. It gives you a chance to invest in cannabis.